You aren't exactly a ray of sunshine. Still, I just want you to... Really? Yeah, I want you to reevaluate what you brought to the show today. And uh, maybe come in with something a little happier. I'm a balance for you. When you're too happy, <laughs> I have to be sad. I have to make people angry, sad. It was not good. Hmm. Not good. Today, uh, we just, uh, you know, we took the red pill, uh, which turning out to be the blue pill, but just politically speaking, uh, and uh, and told you what was what was going on. Also, we went into the um, the crypto exchange that looks like. It's probably never going to get prosecuted because... I don't know. I think he might be... He has every connection known to man and donated $40 million to to Democrats. I don't... So I I think there's a chance he might escape from this because of those connections. But man, there's a... If this is not criminal activity, I will be stunned. It absolutely is criminal activity. However, uh, you really think he's going to pay the price that... That even Elon Musk is paying now. I mean, look at what they're doing to Elon Musk, mm. and and look at how many people are are. Uh, it was Ch- what is it? Chipotle, uh, Chipotle, General Mills, one of the two. Uh, mm-hmm. Lending Tree, General Motors, uh, United Airlines Holdings. They all said we're joining the boycott of. Twitter. This is ESG in action right here. It's, it is. For, against a guy who started the world's largest you know, electric car company. It's really, it is really fascinating to watch. All right. Want to uh, get you right into the podcast first. Let me tell you about Built Bar. If you uh, like protein bars, well, you have no taste. I mean, you probably <laughs> had your tongue removed. If you want all the benefits of a really healthy protein bar, but you want the taste as well, then you need to try Built Bar. Built Bar. Right now, Built Bar has all these different flavors. You can try them out. I'll tell you about it in a second. But they're really good for you. Most of them have 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. Really delicious. And you can find um, your favorite by getting the new Blaze Favorites box. Go to built.com slash Beck. That's built.com slash Beck. You're going to get 15 Built Bars, the favorite flavors of Steven Crowder, Steve Dace, and yours truly. So grab them now. Get the Blaze Favorites box at built.com slash Beck. That's built.com slash Beck. And here's the podcast. Glenn Beck program. We say hello to Mr. Pat Gray from hello. Pat Gray Unleashed. So, Welcome. How are you feeling today? Uh, miserable would be a good word. <laughs> Despondent would be another word. Huh. Uh, so, defeated would be a third okay. that we could use. So not spirited. No. Not spirited no, no, in, no. in any way. Okay. Except about the national divorce movement. I'm kind of... You're into that. I'm kind of into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Do I you mind. think that in if we got a national divorce in the new, let's say, constitutional republic that mm-hmm. we would like to live in, mm-hmm. do you think the GOP would win the elections? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they'd Wouldn't still that blow be it. They'd something? still, they'd mm-hmm. still they'd blow still it. Still find a way to lose. Yeah. There'd be a communist, one uh, communist, and he'd be the like, "Green I think, Party takes over." I think I should <laughs> fill all of the Senate seats. 
and they'd win. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. probably true. Yeah, probably true. So I mean, how do you, for isn't it bizarre, though, that every time you go to sleep with a lead, mm. you wake up with not the lead. It's kind of strange to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting this over the weekend. Have you? That Adam Laxalt would drop the, what, almost three-point lead he had going into the weekend. Two and a half points, something like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, nope, he, he lost. Adam Laxalt preparing him for a loss. I'm like, wait, what? How did that happen? Well, all the precincts that came in were heavy Democrat. We just thought they might be slightly Democrat. Okay. Wow, that happens a lot. Didn't happen, <laughs> didn't, didn't happen in the gubernatorial race, though. That's good. They did win. That the, is the, true. Uh, the, the, the Republican and governor. If you're, if you're going there. to do yeah. it, you know, if you're going to cheat, you you think you would do probably exactly. go for both. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's why. Or, or. that's <laughs> what they want you to think. <laughs> you know what? We'll give them the governorship. We'll give them that. And then, them that. Uh, they won't be able to as say As long it. as we have the Senate, <laughs> then they won't be able to say anything. Uh, it hurts, though. It hurts. It does. It, and it, to it, see the victory lap that Biden is taking. I mean, after the G message, he's he meets with G for three hours, comes out talking about, you know, how great it is that Democrats won that... Uh, well, how how did he put it that oh election denialism was strongly rejected okay. because you know there, there's such wide and open and honest elections in China. Uh, that's, <laughs> yes. I'm glad he yes. uh, he was able to shine light on that <clears throat> yeah because they've been doing such a good job. Uh, President Xi very very popular mm-hmm. very 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 popular. In fact, I think he might win 98 99 percent of the vote. Uh, well, if they let people that's vote. because they call him Mr. Freedom. Oh, Mr. Freedom. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Freedom. Mr. Freedom. Mr. Freedom. Wow, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. No. But then yeah. again, I didn't see Laxalt losing. No, either, I didn't either. So. Did not either. So um, at least it takes the edge off the Georgia race now, doesn't it? Yeah. It's I, like, I, eh, whatever. Might, it might be good for <laughs> uh, for Walker's chances. I think there's an argument you to think? be made that like now that control isn't a hundred percent teetering on that, maybe. Really? Maybe, uh, maybe maybe they win. Maybe Republicans will be more active than some uh, sideline voters that don't typically go out to the polls. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I still think. Because my reaction was a little like Pat's. Huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, it's it, I, I, I am. It's a six-year term. I'm so getting out of two, the, I'm getting oh. out of the car before they drive it over the cliff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they are driving it over the cliff. So. Assuming mm-hmm. we still have a nation in the next couple of elections, it will be nice to have a one-seat cushion as we see how close <laughs> these mean, things are. The next couple of elections? Yes, 2024, 26. Like, next couple of months. <laughs> it is important, though. And and next time, the map tilts towards Republicans, as we've discussed many times. Mm. It, this, yeah, we have tilted, a better shot. Yeah, 2024 yeah. should be a good year. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Senate McConnell's going to see to that. I'll tell well, you I that thought right you now. were just talking about maybe replacing him with somebody I am you'd talking be more about excited replacing. about. Now, there are some people that are talking about it as well. Uh, you know, there's... Um, there's Josh Hawley, mm-hmm. okay. Eric Schmidt, yes. Rick Scott, good. Ron Johnson, all right. Uh, Lindsey Graham, mm, Lindsey Graham, yeah, yeah. That's a surprise. Yeah. yeah, Mike Lee, huh? Mm-hmm. J.D. Vance, okay. Ted Cruz, like that. Rubio, Rubio Lummis. is in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a few. Murkowski, strangely not, <laughs> huh? What a strangely surprise. not, stunning yeah. surprise. 
Did yeah. they call that race yet? I the don't Murkowski know. One? I haven't have checked they? that one in a while. God, for the love of Pete, just call it Alaska. I, I mean, know. I, I don't know if they I have know. yet. She, I, I do because uh, no, they haven't because they have to do the ranked choice thing and they have to wait for all the votes to come in. But she's gonna. I, I think Murkowski's the favorite there by. Uh, by oh, of course she is. Of course she is. You're gonna go for. So the, yeah. the more of the two evils, <laughs> not the lesser. <laughs> it's never, no, but the never more. No, yeah. So Chewbacca is currently up by two points. <laughs> this, this is. <laughs> when asked for, for a comment, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about that race for like two weeks. We're like, why have we not talked about this race without with Pat in here? <laughs> we need Pat in here when we're talking about the Chewbacca race, right? Because it's important to have somebody that can do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Murkowski's at 42.8 but the way this breaks out of course when you do the ranked choice voting mm-hmm. you're going to lose the last candidate first and her yeah. her vote which I think the last one is a Republican but it's only a couple percent and that let's just say that even goes to Chewbacca which it could go either way the next one's a Democrat and that's not I think nine percent of the mm. vote and that that percentage will be distributed between it will almost exclusively go to Murkowski, which should put really? her over the 50-point uh, ah, barrier. That, that's the yeah, way I'm looking at man. that race. Now, of course, there's still a bunch of votes to come in. Alaska is one of these <laughs> where you from can, labor unions? I, I, possibly. <laughs> uh, I think you have 14 days after the election to yeah. have your... They wait 14 days, something like that, mm-hmm. and to get all the votes in. What? Yeah. I, I Look. Do they have to be at least, like, marked the day I of? think they have to be postmarked, post-marked by the day. By, and you might yeah. say, like... It's three towns away, and it still takes 14 days in yeah, Alaska. That on. could be the truth. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Alaska is a little bit of a different place, but I mean, if there's one, you can't. There's no reason to do this in like California. Like there, Alaska, maybe yeah. you have a. There's some island out that no one's ever visited, and you know, I don't know. It takes right. a while for the mail to get there, maybe. But like, you know, it's like New York City. We need six months. Sorry, I, I think Nevada did that. Either Nevada or Arizona. I was reading about one of the. I, I can't remember over the weekend and they said that saturday was the deadline for mail-in votes yeah. to arrive and be counted and it didn't even specify whether or not they had to be postmarked yeah they do have to november be 8th yeah. so yeah. that's good at yeah. least yeah. well but, the other ones they do is they're like what you don't care about our military members serving overseas that want to get right. their votes in? what happens about a person who is in a cave in afghanistan and decides on election day, he's going, he needs to, he gives it to a Sherpa who postmarks it on November 8th, who then has to walk it. And he hasn't heard yet and that he, we withdrew from Afghanistan a year ago. He's in a cave. Uh, How would he know? Okay, you're right. He just knows he right. wanted Catherine Cor- Cortez Masto to be the next senator. <laughs> I think that's a very good point. A very good point. And, you know, while you're at it, I mean, sure, he's over in a cave, but... You might be in the kitchen of some some union kitchen mm-hmm. where there's knives and you've got to mm-hmm. you've got to get around all the knives as you're passing out the ballots and then collecting all the ballots and making sure that it gets there. You might need a couple of months. That's very it likely. Takes time. That happens. Takes time. It takes some time. How many times have we seen that be the case for some of these voters? Many, oh, many, many times. Many times. Or you might be dead. And it takes you a little longer to get it out of your casket, above ground, into the hand of a mailman, and all the way to the voting place. Right. You know? Right. It takes some time for the dead to get their vote counted. They move slowly. If you've ever seen Very a slowly. movie mm-hmm. or a zombie movie. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. this. I, I've seen this happen. You have to convince the worms 
to take that letter <laughs> up above <laughs> the soil. And a lot of them don't want to. No. no. And so. they have to they have to they have to grab that ballot with their teeth. <laughs> with, their worm teeth? <laughs> with their worm teeth. With their worm teeth. Their worm teeth and get that up there. Yeah. And worm teeth, uh, you know, they might bite through the they might start eating the ballot. You have to get it up there before well, they finish dissolving it. That was the problem with the with the chads. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, that, that the was, worm teeth. The worm it teeth. It was worm Dang teeth. It. Man, so many yeah. of our problems come back so to worm many. teeth. So many, you know. <clears throat> yeah, good chunk of them. Hey, so can I uh, <laughs> can I just give you a, a story about Walgreens? Uh, Walgreens has decided to close three locations in Boston. Mm. Oh, what racists. <laughs> Man, thank you for saying that. <laughs> You're welcome. That. Yes. So clear and obvious yeah. that that's all it, about racism, it isn't is. it? Now, uh. <laughs> they might have been, you know, robbed every day. Yeah, but who isn't? Uh, that's just sheer, unadulterated <laughs> racism. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pat. You're I was welcome. glad somebody said it. I was, I was hoping you... <laughs> I was hoping you would see that like the city of Boston I mean, does. Everything uh, is racism now. Isn't everything it? is racist. It's true. It's true. I was, uh, when uh, it, uh, my wife and I went away. I was in Nashville. Nashville. I love Nashville. It's a great town with great people around. Mm-hmm. Uh, went into a Walgreens there. And that was an interesting experience. Really? Yeah, it was different than, than most of the Walgreens that I in go what, to in, in a normal city. Um, well, uh, she was. Inside the store, accosted by mo- multiple homeless people, while she was in her aisle and I was in my other aisle, and mm. she had to kind of come over and and uh, and uh, let me know. Now this is like you have. She has a problem with homeless people. Uh, yeah, right. In this, Some sort in, this of... in this circumstance, yes. Well, first of all, wow. On the walk over there, obviously there was fourteen hundred homeless people that came up and asked us for money or looked at us in a in, in, in a threatening manner of some sort. But that's just Nashville. That's just what you, what's going on down there downtown. Uh, after you could crawl over the giant bags of trash that are on every single uh, corner. But once you get past that uh, whole circumstance, you think once you're inside the Walgreens, you're going to have a moment, a respite of some sort. Listen no. to this Apparently elitism, not. Glenn. Can I you believe the elitism of this guy? My gosh. Oh, yeah. wow. I mean, like, but it's sad. It's a real well, problem what for these. when they shop at Walgreens <laughs> all the time. You know what I mean? They're just like the upscale, the upscale Walgreens. Yeah. Walgreens. Yeah. You uh-huh. do kind of expect, though, inside a store to not be harassed by people. Okay. And, and uh, apparently not. <laughs> okay. Apparently not. Really? You, you expect you to be harassed by salespeople trying yeah. to sell you stuff. Yeah. That's what I expect going yeah. into Is a store. Is that the way it happens at Tiffany's? <laughs> I, I don't know, Glenn. Do you want to get into an elitism battle on the air? Oh, we're Do all we out of time. Oh, okay. All right. I just want to make sure. <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Vivek Ramaswamy is with us uh, now. Vivek. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. Kind of a disappointing week uh, last week, but uh, recovering from it and, uh, and moving on. Yeah, well, you know, that's the only way forward, right? I know, it is. So, so Vivek, I wanted to get you on to explain the FTX thing to somebody like me that's not really up on FTX and I haven't been following this 30 year old guy. Tell me what's, what's happening and what it means. It's a really interesting story, Glenn, and not all of the details are crystal clear yet. I can give you the, the super detailed version if you're interested, but the slightly less summary version is that there's a guy who operated an exchange 
called FTX, right? That was the exchange where people trade cryptocurrencies. It's like Coinbase. Yeah, exactly. Except this is offshore, Coinbase is onshore. So think about that as an exchange. But it's a centralized exchange. It just happens to trade cryptocurrency. So it's like an old school, think about it as an equivalent of like a stock exchange, except people can trade cryptocurrencies on it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's owned and founder, founded by and lead owner is Sam Bankman-Fried, who goes by SBF. But he also had a separate hedge fund called Alameda. So that's a trading firm. So that's not an exchange. That's just trading to try to make money like people always have. On Wall Street, this has existed for a very long time. Hedge funds that just traded their own capital to make more money. So he's operating both the exchange and his own hedge fund. And it appears what happened was when that hedge fund encountered a bunch of losses and they have leverage, right? That means they're borrowing. That means they have to post collateral to cover for those losses. So it appears what he did was he took customer funds from the exchange but used that to borrow it and post it as collateral. And when that came to light, the other participants in that exchange, particularly one big market participant, uh, this guy Chang Peng Zhao, said that he was going to dump a bunch of the, and this is where it gets a little bit complicated, but a bunch of the token issued by the exchange that basically caused the value of that token, the instrument that people hold on the exchange, to collapse. And that sent a free fall spiral that caused the whole house of cards to come crashing down. So, you know, putting complexities in the details to one side, which we can get into if you want. The bottom line is there's a guy who was self-dealing, using customer money on an exchange to cover his own personal trading losses, tried to cover it up. When that came to light, there was a house of cards that came crashing. And unfortunately, many of those customers are likely going to lose a lot of their money, and even the portion they get back, they're not going to see for a very long time. So that's just descriptively what happened. But boy, is there a lot more that's interesting to this story when you look at this guy who was a major donor to the Democratic Party, one of the major faces of advocating for regulation of the cryptocurrency industry in Washington, D.C., that created the smokescreen that prevented people from being able to see through this fundamental fraud. Okay, so let's, I want to go there, but first let's start. He's like 30 years old. Uh, and right. his, and the the woman running the hedge fund, she girlfriend, looks, right? Like, his girlfriend looks like she's 14. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't have the facts, but I will tell you, it did not look uh, good. <laughs> it surprised me a little bit. Right. So how is it that these two people pulled the wool over so many people's eyes? So it's a great question. I think it has to do with cultivating this do good image, this futurist image on the promise of cryptocurrency and the importance of what that would mean for humanity. I mean, at the end of the day, these are nothing. This guy is nothing more than a high frequency trader. And there's nothing wrong with being a high frequency trader, but it's just you're in the business ordinarily to just make an extra buck, to make an extra buck by beating somebody else at the sport of trading effectively. But what he managed to do was to disguise that in the veneer of this moral superiority, this morality. Mm. And, And the funniest part about this, Glenn, is that a lot of people miss this. This is going to have a backlash that I think is going to be over-inclusive, where this guy was operating a centralized exchange. That's no different than an old-school exchange. It just happened to offer trading in cryptocurrencies. So there's really nothing that fancy or even futuristic, let alone morally humanistic, about it. It's just an old-school exchange where people trade stuff, and the stuff they trade is a cryptocurrency. 
But the actual promise of the future of cryptocurrency, of decentralization, is actually decentralized exchanges where there's no single centralized owner of the exchange. And the irony here, Glenn, is I think this is going to pro- provoke a backlash from regulators to the entire cryptocurrency. Of course land, it will. Including to decentralized exchanges. And the irony, here's the ultimate irony that a lot of people miss. He couldn't have done what he did if it were actually a truly decentralized exchange. The only way he was able to borrow those customer funds as one actor and lend it over to his hedge fund to post his collateral is the fact that the exchange was centralized in the first place. And Mm. so the irony here is you have this guy who is the face of pro-regulation. He was a pro-regulatory advocate in Washington, D.C., which is why everyone viewed him as as the good guy, the golden boy. And yet the irony is he happened to be the fraudster and then the reaction to that is likely going to include over-regulating decentralized cryptocurrency exchanges, which would have been probably the best way of actually preventing this fraud. So that's the irony in the whole story that, that I think people haven't yet caught up to see. Isn't he also uh, big in uh, ESG and the well, World Economic it's Forum? part of the smokescreen. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's all just part of the smokescreen, Glenn. Is, it, that is part of it. Now, there was, there was a story that was uh, floating around on social media yesterday that actually found that fa- a subsidiary of FactSet, which is one of these rating companies, yeah. uh, assigned an ESG score on a leadership and governance metric, including as it related to sustainability standards, that was higher for this company than ExxonMobil, okay, which is <laughs> a company that most Americans will know and has been around for a long time. Okay, so that's the bit of the farce in this, but that's just one example of the farce. He's pro-regulation. So the Democrats in Washington, D.C. see him as a good guy. He is the second largest donor to Democrats this cycle, donating over $30 million. Another point on the strike in the tally of being the good guy. Wait, wait, hang on. Didn't he also also say that for 2024, he will donate up to a billion dollars to the Democrats? Yes. So the funny thing is what he said is he was going to donate a billion dollars over the 2022 and 2024 cycle. Now, the sad part for a lot of Democrats is they were kind of upset at him because you might think that meant like a few hundred million now and, and more hundred million then. Actually, he only ended up donating 30 plus million. So the side note to the story, kind of the comic part of this is a lot of Democrats are actually upset at him for only ponying up a little over 30 million because he had committed to a billion. But you see, this guy, there's a common pattern, over-promising and under-delivering. Yeah. Turns out that applies to political donations as well. But, but the broader point, though, Glenn, is it's just all checking all the boxes, speaking with Clinton on stage and Tony Blair, boldly wearing shorts, being the cool guy of the future, World Economic Forum, all that, that, that entire crowd, ESG rating, donations to the Democratic Party, being vocally pro-regulation in an industry where the other entrepreneurs have, in my opinion, for good reason, resisted regulation. That, that created the cultivated aura of this being one of the good guys, one of the guys you could trust. And it reminds me a lot of actually that CEO of Volkswagen. You you remember this guy, Wintercorn? He was the CEO of Volkswagen, which was the number one ESG award-winning company. Yes. Until they found, and by the way, he would wax eloquent about climate change and the energy transition until they found that he had actually rigged the emissions (laughs) measurements in their own car, right? (laughs) This reminded me a lot of that story where the person who protests the case for the futurism of, of the ESG-laden world, the one of the good guys about the pro-regulation crowd, ended up being the most fraudulent of them all. And it's not an accident that that pattern just repeats itself 
time and again because it's all about creating a smokescreen to allow you to get away with a kind of fraud you would have never gotten away with if people hadn't been thrown off the scent with the smokescreen that you put up. So that's the story. It happens again and again. And I wish people would learn the lesson, Glenn, but there's something about us as a people that make us suckers for the smokescreen of wanting to be the pro-ESG, pro-Democrat, pro-regulation good guys that every time that ends up being actually a pretty good way to throw the regulators and to throw customers off the scent and to be able to get away with something like this. And and Vivek, there's a real big uh, media angle here to this too, because this is yet another example, Elizabeth Holmes style, Mm -hmm. where they made this guy into a hero. All the, like, he he doesn't brush his hair. There were stories about how he wears shorts to every meeting. One story talked about how he would fall asleep on beanbag chairs outside of offices, and they'd bring in all these multi-billion dollar donors past him while he was sleeping. And then he would wake up and waddle into the the, uh, the meeting like 10 minutes later, and this was like, he's just a genius. He's a, He doesn't even care. He's asleep on a beanbag outside the meeting. Uh, one story talked about, it, these are all praising him, where he was playing video games, during an entire presentation while he was in there and they gave him a billion dollars after this meeting where he was playing League of Legends throughout an entire meeting. And, and like, there's no mea culpa from the media after all of this who built this guy into this celebrity to get all of these dollars and uh, no, there will never be a time. All they'll get is a bunch of podcasts later on hosted by the same reporters who initially interviewed him and made him into this superstar. I mean, it's a ridiculous cycle. You make such a good point, and this is less a story about this random guy, SBF, whatever. He came two years ago. He'll be gone, you know, two months from now. But it's it's an indictment of our culture. I mean, what is it about our state of our psyche, our cultural psyche in the U.S., even internationally, that causes us to bear this self-inflicting pain every time, Mm. to line up behind a guy who who not only poses to be the boy genius, I mean, that was Elizabeth Holmes' version of this, Mm. but to take that to the next level, to think that he is actually better than the rest of us just because he checked the boxes that we had created in our artificial edifice of ESG and of, of humanitarianism and of political philanthropy. It's almost as though we did this to ourselves, and he was just the guy who happened to ride the wave that the rest of our culture had created. That's the more interesting part of this story because it's, it's the Volkswagen thing all over again. You know, it's Unilever in Kenya. I mean, it's all the stuff I've been writing and talking about for two years. We just see the same story repeat itself in different clothing. It just happened to be in the clothing of cryptocurrency this time around. Um, so I, I heard um, on the, uh, the podcast uh, All In, I heard Brian Armstrong, who is the CEO of Coinbase, saying, he didn't. He didn't see this one coming at all. He said, "I, I just thought he was a really good, uh, really good guy." He said, "Now in retrospect, I, I guess I did see things, but I ignored them." Was there anybody who saw this? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, I think that's what makes it such a big story, right? And I'm not even, uh, you know, I, I follow the cryptocurrency space, but that's not an area where I spend an immense, inordinate amount of my time. I'm focused more on, you know, equity markets, etc. But there is something about seeing a guy who is calling for greater regulation in his own industry Mm -hmm. while also making greater donations to the very people who are responsible for uh, crafting those regulations. Gosh, that That sounds a a bad taste in my mouth. (laughs) That that alone just struck me as 
as potentially false and inauthentic. Hmm. Now, was that going to underlie a $30 billion, $40 billion fraud? I, I did not necessarily go the extent of predicting that. But there was something that was amiss about this in terms of calling for self-hating regulation while donating uh, to very people who are going to write those regulations. And that's strange. That sounds a little like Zuckerberg. <laughs> it actually does, doesn't it? <laughs> it right? does. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, and hey. its pattern repeats itself, Glenn. You know it well. So it's not going to be, we could probably count it. If we took 10 minutes, we could probably find 10 to 20 other examples that smell just like it. So I'm sketchy on all of this stuff, Avake, but I, uh, there's a missing $1.7 billion, billion dollars. Is that accurate? I, I can't say if it's accurate, but that is what, that is, that is what the latest uh, reporting is. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you misplace $1.7 billion? Well, the, the funny thing is now they're talking about this, uh, about the potential hack into the system, too, after mm. the fraud story came to light. So I am so I have no basis for this other than intuition, but to say that that hack seems uh, mysteriously well-timed. <laughs> and so, you know, so, so guys, guys being, uh, being, you know, investigated now for fraud, being scrutinized for fraud, for himself misappropriating those funds to his affiliated hedge fund from an exchange that he was operating for customers. And then suddenly there's a hack. And, and I think that it strikes me as, as a little convenient to sort of say that, okay, the hack is something that we can blame because that's something that's outside of all of our control. When in fact, at the very moment, it, for two years, there wasn't any report of a hack. But now, there's a report of a hack right when mm. you are being investigated. So that did that did smell a little bit yeah. uh, amiss to me. But, you know, the facts on this are, are changing by the day, changing by the hour. But the, the, the lesson, I think, is actually less complicated than each of those detailed facts might, you know, might, you know, invite. Right. <laughs> okay. and, and I think that it's it's pretty simple. Whether it was cryptocurrency or anything else, there's just a guy who's operating an exchange for customers. And you cannot use customer money to ad- without their Correct. express permission to advance your own financial trading goals, period. That is a hard line. And whether you're regulated or not, that is an illegal act of misappropriation, of theft, and then fraud and lying to the people who you're stealing from. So it actually, in a certain sense, has nothing to do with cryptocurrency, has nothing to do with crypto regulation. The only double irony of this is that if it had actually been operated as a truly decentralized exchange, this guy couldn't have even done the mm. thing that he did. And so in a certain sense, the crypto-ness of this, let alone the, the morality of this, is all just a deflection and a smokescreen from the essence of what was really nothing different than just an old school Madoff-esque fraud. And is there any, anything more than just trading into fiat currency um, uh, becoming in bed with Ukraine and the uh, the main bank of Ukraine to to trade cryptocurrency and get it into uh, fiat currency so people could use it. Do you think there's a money-making scam in there as well? Well, I think there's no doubt that there is, you know, in, in all of crypto exchanges, sort of a, a money laundering element to it. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, you're using the uh, the supposed anonymity of these exchanges to be able to, you know, launder money that, that yeah. you otherwise would have not been able to launder. But that's yeah. not unique to cryptocurrency. Glenn. Right. You could have to do in the current fiat. No. Too. So that's a bit of a deflection. I know. Thank you so much, Vivek. I appreciate it. 
Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, he is the author of Nation of Victims and co-founder and executive chairman of Strive Asset Management. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So Glenn, so Stu, nothing ever good starts with so Glenn. Yeah. Um, can I walk you through the house? Do you mean my house? The unfinished no. house? It'll be finished in six weeks, you know. Six weeks now? Oh, gosh, that's terrible. I thought it was only two. Two weeks. <laughs> okay, but good. I'm, <laughs> I know. Your I house know. is never going to be finished. Never going to be finished. Never anyway, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Not that house. Now, Glenn. Yes. We have a situation where, let me give you the good news. Okay. For example, prediction markets. Prediction. Say the house should go Republican. Mm-hmm. 95% chance. 95% chance. So that's pretty good. That's really good. Really Although good. I do remember those prediction markets being very, very confident in things like Kerry Lake. They were pretty and confident. Now they are not confident in Kerry Lake. They're not, now they're not. No. It's changed now. In fact, now huh. there's a 94% chance that Kerry Lake will lose, according to the really? prediction markets. Really? Huh. Wonder now, what happened there. That's different than it, it was. Prob- she probably had a 60 or 70% chance. Yeah, mid so to late last week. I trust the prediction markets. Right. They could change, right? This could, they, but 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 sure. that's what they think. They're confident. Yeah. Almost everybody will tell you, and you've heard this nonstop, even in the mainstream media, the Republicans will likely win the House. Yeah. But can I be a little pessimistic here and walk you through what we have? Is it pessimism or is it reality? <laughs> I think it's real. I think it's reality. But 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 it's not all bad news, but just how confident do you feel in this scenario that I'm about to walk you through? Okay, I'm guessing zero, Okay, <laughs> but uh, let me hear it. First. I went through all the outstanding races, okay, mm-hmm. looked at them, mm-hmm. and I have, uh, I don't know, what I tend to find is a somewhat disturbing situation. Okay, so I ranked all of the races mm-hmm. in the best chance for Republicans to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so uh-huh. 212 are pretty much in the bag. 212. 212. Got to get to 218, though. Wow. 218. So that's a long way six. from That's easy. Oh, There's a lot of races. So there's a couple sure. dozen races still yeah. out there. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, you know, gosh. We really have to be over 220 uh, to even, because you know there's a lot of weasels in there. Yes. Yeah. For so. sure. But 218 is control, and at this point, I'll take I will control. take 218 yes, control. Yes, okay. I will too. All right. So... I've ranked them in the old school grading system from from you know your old high school days A B C D F. Ooh, okay. Wow, that's harsh. Now none of these I would say are completely decided, but right. I I came up with three A's. Three A's. Three. Three. So and they're and that that means really high according to the grading scale. These are the best of the best. Yes, not sure things. Well, let me give you right. an example of a race okay. uh, right. that I put as an A. Okay. Lauren Boebert's race in Colorado. Oh, that's now, an A. That's an A. Huh. Now, as of right now, she leads by 0.4% with 99% of the vote in. How, how many votes is she away? Actual, not percentage. Not but percentage. Actual, uh, yeah, that's uh, a good votes. question. I can, yeah. if you give me one moment, Glenn, of okay. course, I can pull that up for you. And I'm completely prepared to give you any detail <laughs> that's additional Why to are what you stalling? I'm it giving you at like any you're... time. And that's what's important about this particular coverage. I can always <laughs> right. tell you in exactly. a moment's notice. In a moment, and people need to understand this. Wow. Uh, it's I very, think we very understand. Clear. We're just looking for the number of votes that. Uh, number of votes in. In that race? Yeah, in that race. Yeah, I've got it at, uh, 
1,122. Thank you. Don't okay, 1,000 votes away. Now, but they're 99% in. 99% in. And you'd think, so basically what we're talking about there would, the outstanding vote couldn't overturn it, only if there was like a recount or something okay, else. Okay, so all right, Some, I, f- I feel good. I feel, feel good about that feel race. feel good right? about that's, that race. That's the type of A race I'm right. talking about. We have three of those. That gets Republicans to 215. Wait, we have three of those. Three A races. That are that good. I think so. There's another race in New York. Uh, 0.4. In New York. Yeah. Okay. 0.4%. That's not Colorado. That's New York. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you say it that way. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound as as good, you know, but. Right. Where's the third one? Third one. uh, uh, uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That one's in uh, California. California. That so one is to... not even New York. <laughs> That's California. All you have to do is depend on the fine people in New York and California. Again, these are close races. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and just give us those three give just for a... the for the optimistic <laughs> take right. here on the House. And that gives us gets get, gets us to uh, 215. 215. Now, seeming even more cavernous in between 215 and 218 <laughs> right. than it did just a it few minutes ago. It seemed really easy. Seemed pretty easy. With sure. a couple dozen races out there. Right. Like, why can't we get all oh, we need is six? Right. Right? But now yes. Of the A's, I only have three. Three. So now we're at 215. Okay. Now you'd say, what but number B would... is still passing. Right. It's still a good grade. It's still a good grade. H- how many races would you like to see in the B column to make yourself comfortable that the Republicans are going to 27. 27. That's <laughs> a good number. 27, yeah. That, that's how I would feel, too, because right. I always feel these are going to go against sure. us. How, how many do we have? Two. Two. Two races two that are races B's. Two races that are B's. Just two. That would take us to... Uh... Who's 217? Yes, and yeah. you're going to be excited that here in our B's, we have another California. Oh, good. And you're going to be super confident because it's Arizona oh. is the other one. Oh, I hope it's Maricopa County. Oh, that's a great question. Because <laughs> that one's done, mm. so that's done so well. Yes. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if we assume mm. we have both of the A's and the B's, mm-hmm. that gets us to... Not 218, <laughs> no. which is what you need, Yeah, but 217, 217, which is one less than what you need. So we don't have control there. We don't there. have control no. at okay. 217. Now, may I ask, how much worse is a B from an A? Is it like 1,100 votes? Okay. Or, you want to go, I, or it should be 900 votes. One race in Arizona. It's a 0.2% lead mm-hmm. with 94% of the vote in. That's a B. A B, boys and girls. I'm not being unfair with these rankings. That's a B. And the only reason I say it's a B is because it was expected to be a pretty easy, not an easy win, but it's a it's a purplish district, but it is it was projected to be uh, a Republican leaning district this time. Now, of in, course, in, we've in, seen in, that uh-huh. before. In 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 what in in what state? In Arizona. In Arizona. Good, good. Okay. All and right. then we have a, 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 a race in California where there is a six-point lead currently for the Republican. Oh. However, oh. only 52% of the vote in. That's going to shrink oh, okay. as we get that, closer. That's a B. That's a B. Uh-huh. But that one was leaning Republican anyway. They've got the lead. I'm okay. going to get that a B. All right. That gets you to 217. Now okay. you go into the Cs. Uh-huh. Now. We just need one of these. Just need one of them. And one. you'd like how many to be there to just get one out of them. 
I'd like. This is a C. Is a this C. Is a C. So again, you're in like toss-up so area. I would like maybe I'm gonna shoot low. Five? Five. That's a Five. that's a nice guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, you lose. <laughs> I lose. Because I only have three. You only have three C's. C's. Now you okay. if you're optimistic and you take those A's and B's and you're like, okay, right. well, you can pick that. these off. That's two seventeen. You gotta we win still, one of these three. We still don't one have of these C's. The house. This kid's is going well. Going well. I think Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, I think they've done their job. Mm. I think they've done their job. They should be rewarded with they more should, leadership positions. They should be rewarded think? with new positions. Mm-hmm. Now, here we have two California races and an Arizona in the seas. Okay. We have what? Two California oh, races. Okay. And uh, please tell me it's like in the farming area. Of California, some of them are. There's some okay. again, okay. you know. I know California. We, we make fun of. There are races that a lot of Republicans do win in California. Yeah, some of them they're even favored in. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, <laughs> but not. But these. like, for example, this one, which yeah. is a a, a toss up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Toss up. Toss up race. I would say right now, if you look mm-hmm. at the projections, okay, was a Biden plus six district. Okay. Okay. So one that okay. Biden won. All right. But now in this environment. Which is not necessarily, I mean, it's only slightly better for (laughs) Republicans, maybe. Right. We need the Republican to win. And of Uh course, we still have 30% of the vote to count. So we don't know at this point. Oh, 30. Then you get into the D's. Wait, there, that was that was it. it. There's three C's. Uh You've got some, I mean, you've got, I I think there's there's one that's in Arizona where uh, the Republican leads by 0.6%. With 89% of the vote in, which I, mm. my A's, I put, if you're over 95% in and you're winning, you know, I put that as an A. This one's at 89% in winning. So a chance, certainly a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, a likely Republican district going in. So you'd think maybe there's a chance that some of the, some of the votes will be, again, you see me, I'm reaching for some of these, but that's, again, it's close. 0.6% lead. But if we won... All of the C's. C's, right? That would give you two, 220, 20. which again isn't great. In fact, a lot of these uh, these mainstream people looking at this are like, oh, well, uh, we, we project 221 for Republicans, plus or minus four. Well, that's, that's a big... That's a big plus or minus. Yes. Yeah. Because 225 at this point would be like, wow, that's fantastic. Right. 217, bad. <laughs> bad. 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 Yeah. Okay. Then you got three Ds. Mm-hmm. And then I have all the rest of them are Fs. Okay. <laughs> they're not going to win. They're the, not going to win. No. Uh, well, again, they're all in California, mostly, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. all in California. And they're all districts that lean Democrat. Okay. And, you know, the Democrat May- even have the lead in a bunch of them. Huh. May I just ask a quick question? Yes. Why is it that it just seems to be in the sketchy states mm. where they can't really count everything? That might you know be why I mean? we picture them as sketchy. Right. It that might, might be. be why. It might be. Yeah. It might be. It might be something that, in theory, you'd, if as a lawmaker in one of these states, You'd be incentivized to correct your terrible practices because correct. no one believes you're voting or, anymore. You might not be incentivized, <laughs> right? You know, if, if you're, you're on the winning doing side, right. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So again, you can see why, right? You would say, "Hey, Republicans are favored in this race," and I would say <laughs> you're <laughs> probably maybe right. No. 
But like 95% confidence? Do you have 95% confidence in that scenario I just mapped out for you? I mean, I think uh, wait, gonna... wait, wait, wait. Are Republicans involved? They are. No, I don't have any confidence in it then. You know, you may remember, Glenn, us uh, saying over and over again, Republicans should win this election unless they screw it up. Which, Which they always <laughs> do, they always I believe, do, they? was the rest of that <laughs> prediction. They're very sentence. good at that. You know, you got a couple ranked choice voting. Uh, now, who would you say? I'm going to give you time. I'm yeah. going to give you time. Yes. Okay. Who would you say <laughs> is most responsible for that loss? Now, don't answer right away. Mm. I want you to think, is there anyone that might be responsible that maybe we should reassign? And I don't mean reassign their sex. I mean reassign them to... I don't know, basement duty instead of running the show. Who do you think <laughs> is responsible for this? Based on your lead in. <laughs> yes. I believe. No, no, don't base it well, on my I, lead. In. I'm trying to analyze this All a little right, bit. Okay. I believe, I'm talking it through like I'm on a game show. Okay, okay. Based on your question. Based on my question, yes. Do we have the do we have the game show music? Yes. Based on your <laughs> based on your question. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I I think what you want me to say no i this is not no this is not high school this is not high school i'm not a progressive teacher no but i think you have an opinion on this yes i do and you would say uh i I guess i'll generalize as republican leadership mitch mcconnell (laughs) but mitch mcconnell doesn't have anything to do with the house that's why i'm no mitch (laughs) mitch mcconnell and kevin mccarthy both of them both of them should go. Yeah. Both of them should go. These guys are the same guys that were in those positions under Donald Trump. You know, when they got rid of Obamacare. They didn't, Glenn, they didn't get rid of Oh, they didn't get rid of that, mm-hmm. did they? Wow. Well, these guys, they've done an awful lot. And Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy have got to go. Even if they're minority, maybe especially since they're the minority leaders. I mean, after a poor showing, usually what you see are repercussions for the people who led the charge to the poor showing. Yes, <laughs> that's usually yes. how things work in the yes, world. Yes, right? but not you're, here. You're a you're a a, a football coach. Your team mm. is three and, and, and nine, and you're, mm. you're not going to make the playoffs. And you have a big mm. a big payroll. Usually. You get fired. Right. That's usually what happens. Right. But, but that uh, doesn't seem to be the way that these no. things go in, no. in Washington. Okay. Here are the people that can make Mitch, Mc, Mitch McConnell a thing of the past. Mitt Romney, call his office. No, Mitt Romney? Is Mitt Romney really going to do a thing about Mitt? He loves no, but him. He should he's know. responsible but he for should the red know. wave. No, this Remember? is, this is what, I know. But this is what he should know. He should know that... Uh, I'm going to remember what you said about uh, about uh, Mitch McConnell being responsible. And uh, since you were wrong about that, I'm sh- I'm sure you're going to uh, evict him. And if not, don't worry about it, because we have a very long memory. And next election, you are out. Remember, it's only two years. Um, Deb Fisher from uh, Nebraska. Roger Wicker. From Mississippi, Rick Scott, Florida, Ted Cruz, Texas, Mike Braun from Indianapolis, uh, from Indiana, uh, Josh Hawley from Missouri, John Barrasso from Wyoming, Marsha Blackburn, um, all of these people 
need to be reminded that when you lose and you have put your money into an Alaska race that was going to go to the Republican no matter what, mm-hmm. and you double down there. It's really egregious. It's really egregious. He cut money from Arizona. Could have won. New Hampshire. Could have won. Took the money from there, put it into a race where two Republicans were going against each other because he didn't. Why? Because he, liked, because he yeah. wanted to rescue Lisa Murkowski. And why did he want to do that? Because the candidate running against Lisa, uh, Lisa Murkowski said she uh, will not vote for Mitch McConnell as leadership. Mm-hmm. All of these senators, all of these senators know what their constituents are saying about Mitch McConnell. But Mitch McConnell has a very heavy hammer. And he is trying to rush this thing through. You've got to call them today. The government switchboard at the Capitol is 202-224-3121. Get on the phone, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Let's start first with the Senate, because they're going to be meeting tomorrow. And then I guess voting on Wednesday We have a very short time period. Mitch McConnell must not be the majority leader. 